the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. In fact, it's a very special date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you have tuned in to The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. The numbers are 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app, and the questions can be sent in there. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is by using the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Today's program, of course, Paula is live in studio with us, but we have a big crowd. I don't mean they're big ladies. I mean there's a lot of them here in the studio. And we're going to sort of do a retreat reflection. And the whole idea is to share the retreat experience with our radio audience. We talked so much about it, and we told you what a great thing that God did while we were out there. So, or I shouldn't say while we, while they were out there. And um, as we've done in years past, we'd like to share that with you. We will still take your phone calls and questions if you have questions about anything, especially for any of the ladies who are sharing their hearts. Uh, or if you have questions for Paula, she is looking particularly smart today. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do okay. Paula, welcome to the show. As your particularly smart hostess, um, I welcome all of San Antonio and any of you out there to my, my very special show today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you, babe. Uh, yeah, as you know, as Pastor Ronda said, we came back from the women's retreat this weekend, and um, when we come back, the church is just a buzz um, because we're all on fire for the Lord. Um, not that this year, we learned anything new because Pastor Ron, for I don't know how many years, has been saying, just be with Jesus. And so our theme, Abide, um, equals just be with Jesus. And so we went out there as may, mainly a reminder, uh, maybe kind of a refresher or just an um, extension of what we have already been taught. Um, Jean was saying, Abide. She gave the words intimate oneness and closeness um, as far as... Um, our relationship to Jesus and it was a sweet time um, I have gone by Asteros here um, to kind of give us uh, yeah the the theme and the decoration um, I always invite Dawn because um, I just pick the guest speaker pick her up and do one of the teachings but the decorations and all the gifts um, basically come from come through uh, Dawn from the heart of God, and so Dawn, would you kind of explain? Before before we do that, let's let's introduce, oh, you want to introduce let the all people? the ladies introduce themselves. Okay. Hi, I'm Dawn Ballesteros. How old are you? I'm 41. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amber. I am 25. Hi, I'm Rhoda. I'm 38. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm 35. 
Hi, I'm Michi, and I'm 30. Hi, I'm Myra, and I am 27. Yeah, yeah, which means, Michi, you are no longer the baby in the room. At all. Uh-huh, and I'm the grandma, <laughs> 65. Mm-hmm, so. I can't remember how old I am, so. <laughs> okay, Domery, why don't you start with Paula's question? Okay, so um, every year the Lord gives Mama our theme, and I just pray about it. And this year with the theme Abide, um, it was very special to me. I, I purposefully just prayed, and I immediately saw a vineyard um, because he is the vine and we are the branches, and we're called to bear much fruit. Um, and I love, Jean said, if we are not connected to the life source, we are dead. And how true is that? Mm-hmm. And so all of our decorations were just um, pointed toward a vineyard. So there were grapes everywhere and vines, and um, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun to put together. Um, for, mm-hmm. for you in the audience, the reference is to Jean. She was our guest speaker. Yeah. Um, this was her second year in a row. We like her, so we have her out a lot. And uh, so... It, you weren't there, so you don't know, but that's who she is. Mm-hmm. Wait, one more thing, Don. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell them about the bench. Okay, incorporated this year, um, we had um, someone in our church body built us a a rocker swing, like a porch style rocker swing. Um, it was more of a glider style, but mm-hmm. it was um, it was made and put on the side of the stage. And it was there really because Jean was our speaker last year. And she kept telling us in the retreat last year that she goes to have her time to abide on her porch swing. And that's where she has her Bible on her lap mm-hmm. and she has her cup of coffee and she sits and abides. And so I really wanted to put that porch swing in there um, and it was really neat the first session mama got up and spoke and she kept referring to the Lord as I am I am and so afterwards I, I brought her over to the back of the um, swing mm-hmm. and it was engraved I am and I just thought that was so special how the Lord just knows he knows all things you know he had prepared all of this and it became very special to a lot of people um, and there were a lot of pictures taken there too so mm-hmm. it was very yeah. sweet yeah Thank you. You know, Jean is from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. I can't believe anybody goes outside there <laughs> and does anything that has any any importance. Mm-hmm. Amber, this was your first retreat you shared with me. What's some of the things that um, touched your heart? Um, I think some of the more special things is just going out and just kind of being obedient to the Lord in that um I was going to go to several retreats previous years, but I kind of backed away for a little while just from a lot of the things that I was struggling with. And this year, I think the Lord really knew that I needed to go. So actually, my mother-in-law paid for it, so I really couldn't get out of it after that. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to go. Um, But just being... Being able to meet new people, um, I really had the opportunity to pray for people, and that really, it just really touched my heart there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Rhoda, how about you? What was the one thing that sort of touched your heart or impressed on your mind? Um, so when I was out for a quiet time on the uh, the second day there, I went for a walk, um, and uh, and I was just looking at the trees um, around, and they kind of looked like they're out of a horror movie <laughs> when I was looking at them. And I remembered um, that when we first moved here a year ago, I wanted to put a tree in our front yard. And um, my husband said, which tree would you like to put in? And I said, a mesquite, because they're really beautiful. And he said, well, they're not evergreen, and they go brown in winter. And I said, well, that's okay. It's just winter. It's not that long. <laughs> but, but anyway, he said, no, that we, we probably shouldn't. So, so we didn't, and we put an oak there instead. And then one day we were driving, and, and it was winter, and I was looking on the way to Corpus Christi, and the trees were just really ugly. And I said to him, what are those trees? And he said, well, they're mesquite trees. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I understand why you didn't want it, one in the yard. Um, and when I was walking at the retreat, I saw there were a bunch of the mesquite trees, and they were just looking really ugly. And, and I, I was praying and thinking, you know, God made those trees to be beautiful in the summer, but they're really ugly in winter. And, and it's a little bit like our lives. Um, that sometimes it can just be a season where... We, it might everything might look ugly, might be hard, and 
and it might not look like we're bearing much fruit, but then later on in another season we are. And um, so that's what really spoke to me. Um, because for me, it's kind of been a time since we, we moved here a, a year ago. Um, that with the church, it's it, coming to a new church. We don't really know people and um, and not not doing much. And then gradually it's come out of that season. And now I'm doing more and know lots of people and, and really enjoying the church. So I, I think I would, to me, it was just a, just God saying, you know, it's, it's okay if you're having a time like that. Um, just to realize that that might just be a season as long as you stay planted like the tree is mm-hmm. um, and abiding like the retreat was saying mm-hmm. um, we stay close to God and God will bring us through that season to to another one yeah. where we are fruitful yeah. you know Rhoda you said uh, earlier that, that well winter's not going to last that long when talking about the mesquite trees but w- for me now I hate winter it seems like it lasts forever well the seasons in our life when we don't feel like we're producing much fruit when we're going through difficult things mm-hmm. they always seem like they're going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And one of the things when you abide in the Lord or you're just with Jesus that I've learned over the years is that nothing lasts as long as you think it's going to last and nothing is really as bad as it seems like it is when you're experiencing it. And of course, abiding in Jesus is the way out. Mm -hmm. Sarah, what about you? I love retreats. Um, Any opportunity that I get to go, I will say yes. I will make a way, whether it's there's always obstacles, financial, kids, whatever it is, um, but I, I absolutely love them. And so this was my second year. Last year was my first with Calvary, and I'm not going to lie. Last year, I didn't get much out of it. Um, I didn't I didn't really feel, I don't know, there wasn't kind of an overwhelming thing that, you know, God really spoke to me. And it's interesting, so this past year, being at Calvary, um, I, first, I've not been at a church ever like Calvary, and so... Um, to see the growth and what God's kind of worked in my life and then to go back at the retreat this year. Oh my goodness. Um, it was just amazing to see how through Jean, you know, just, just the, the teachings and how I just got so much more out of it. Um, because I changed and because, you know, God had worked in my heart this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Um, but really what I got out of it was when you let Jesus, uh, into your heart, how he will, baby steps at a time lead you into a more mature faith. And I think at this retreat, it really was eye-opening um, and humbling to to really see that. Um, you know, they talk about baby Christians being spoon-fed or bottle-fed, you know, bottle fed and, and then they eventually you progress and you mature. Um, and I just really felt God telling me, like, all right, you want a carrot? <laughs> you know, it's it's time to give me the bottle bag. It's funny, I have a six-month-old, right? So she's bottle feeding, and so we're kind of in that transition now where she's starting to eat bananas and starting to go more solids. And um, But uh, it's not scary, right, because Jesus is right there with you. Um, but, yeah, but just him telling me, um, I'm going to give you more opportunities to be bold in your faith, and I'm going to give you more opportunities, but I'm going to be right there with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was super neat. Yeah. What a neat comment. Yeah. Nietzsche, you're the old-timer here. Even though you're only 30, <laughs> you're the old-timer here. Your husband is our youth pastor, Pastor Nelly. Yes. Um, w- what was this retreat for you like compared to others? This retreat was one of the first times in a while that I actually went and said, Lord, I have no questions. All I want is to be filled with more of you so that I'm able to pour out more. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the last year for me, the Lord's been doing a lot of pruning and a lot of chiseling and really just challenging certain areas of my life that are not reflecting his glory yet, kind of uh, rocking certain things in me. And I thought you were perfect. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that, Papa. <laughs> yes. How beautiful you are, my darling. There is no fault hey, in I you. I will take that, yes. <laughs> and um, as Sarah was saying is, I don't know, like, I just feel like the last year the Lord's um, really just kind of been growing me up a little more. Um, definitely not arrived. No, no, no. But for, for me, this retreat, it was almost like he put um, a lot of ointment on some of the raw parts of my heart and was like, baby, I know that this year was tough. There was a lot of chiseling that I had to do in you, but you see now why that chiseling happened. And I was like, yes, God, I get it. And abide for me was such a huge word because it's the strength is not just in the coming. We can come to the Lord. Everybody wants to be saved. We always want Jesus as Savior. It's the Lord part we have a problem mm-hmm. with. And so the abiding is, okay, God, I am here. And sometimes it hurts when the chiseling is there. But I was like, can I just get some ointment? Because sometimes it kind of hurts. And he said, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. it, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Myra Joe, how about you? <laughs> um, this was my first retreat since I got saved. Um, I got saved November 8th last year. Um, but it was a very surreal experience because if you can imagine being in two places at once, um, that's how the retreat was for me. Um, last year during the retreat, I was living in Dallas with my girlfriend and hadn't seen my family in almost a year. And, um, the Lord began unbeknownst to me that it was the Lord (laughs) began to work in my heart, um, to bring me back home. And so that Friday of 2017, I reached out to my sister and I was like, I want to come home, but I'm scared. Um, and I don't know how to get out of this situation that I'm in. Um, it took another month for me to get back here. Um, but this year at the retreat, the Lord really impressed upon my heart, the word freedom. Um, and knowing that that is not who I am, um, It doesn't define me. It doesn't disqualify me. It doesn't make me any less um, usable for him if I'm willing, like Sarah said, to let Jesus into my heart um, and do what he has to do. So it was blindsiding and it was exhausting (laughs) um, emotionally, but it was something that I was looking for without realizing that I needed in order to really be able to say that that is my past. It is not who I am. You you know, Myra, a lot of people were praying for you. Um, I have your picture square (laughs) on my prayer wall at home and, and, uh, and, and there were a lot of people praying for you. Now your mom and dad are really involved in the church. And of course, uh, your sister, before she ditched us for Alaska, she was involved with, with uh, Pastor Samuel. Um, um, you were afraid, you said, but um, it, it's difficult to, to come back to people who've been telling you that you're living a lifestyle that's wrong. Um, you, you're going to feel judged no matter what you do. Um, how did the Lord sort of bring you over that? Um, <laughs> I Wow, I have not thought about that. Um, I was terrified coming home because of the shame factor. Um, Growing up in a Christian home, you know that homosexuality is wrong. Um, But it was, I'm very stubborn, and (laughs) I was going to do what I was going to do. However, knowing that there were so many people praying for me, it was a good and bad thing, um, because when I came back, there was that sense of who knows what, and what do people think. Um, and it took up into probably the fall, the late fall, um, for me to realize that it doesn't matter. What matters is that I am not living that lifestyle anymore. What matters is that, um, I'm going to heaven. (laughs) Um, and it's still hard. There's still times that I'm like, oh, why is that person looking at me like that? Is it because they know something um, that I don't know that they know, you know? Um, But it really wasn't until probably like the retreat (laughs) that I really started to understand that the people in this church that say that they love me actually love me. Mm -hmm. Um, And on Thursday night, Mama Paula said, until you see yourself how Jesus sees you, it's going to be really hard to not want to go back. And that has been my life for the past 11 months. Um, I have gone back on occasion, and I have wanted to go back on multiple occasions. Um, But it wasn't until I came to a place where I realized truly that where else can I go? Um, And that this whole time, the only thing that's kept me here is Jesus, because he has never let me go, even when I'm like, where the heck are you? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in in our listening audience, mm -hmm. we we have a bunch of people who, uh, men and women, who deal with the same lifestyle and and the the sense of being judged and and condemned. Um, Did you find, now, as honest as you can reflect on this, did you find that most of it was in your own mind and heart, an enemy pounding you, or, or were, were there people that were who knew about your lifestyle and were judging you for it? And, and what, what was the reality? Did you, did you experience? Um, the only judgment that that came was 
like a strictly biblical judgment. Like you're you as a person are not wrong. The lifestyle that you're living is wrong because it's not pleasing to the Lord. Um, as far as the people that know my story, I have gotten nothing but love. Um, to the point of sometimes I'm like, stop loving me. I don't deserve that. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's been, it's been, the Lord has placed specific people in my life to love me like he says he loves us in his word. And that has been the biggest thing, I think, even for the shame, mm-hmm. is that he doesn't see me any differently. Yep. Cool. The shame is gone. That's the best thing from my perspective about walking with the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. for 27 years, uh, I was the biggest jerk ever. And uh, such fertile ground for Satan to pour out condemnation. And yet when you realize, hey, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, if you're with Jesus, if you're abiding in Jesus, Mm -hmm. then you sort of just tell the devil to talk to the hand Mm -hmm. and kind of go on and and do your own thing. Thank you for sharing your heart. Mm -hmm. Paul, do you have Mm -hmm. something? You know, uh, Michi was talking earlier, uh, and it's kind of in my notes here too, but Gene was saying um, that often when we're stressed, we can't hear. We can't hear, and that sorrow uh, needs simple words and not many of them. And so when you came back, I don't think a lot of people were yang, 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 in your ear. We were just hugging you and praying that you were back with us for good. And I, I, you know, Ron's been teaching and the Lord's been saying for years, you know, hands down, heart open. So no matter who comes in here, you know, we're ready to receive them back. And I'm so proud of our church for that because, I mean, that's your particular sin. We all have sin. It's so amazing when people come in, you know, some you can smell that they... You know, they've been drinking, like maybe in the parking lot before they came into church, or that glazed look in their eyes, like, yeah, you just showed up a little while ago, huh? But thank God you're at church, and we have other people that can help you pass that. So I, I'm just really proud. And we do have hope. We all have hope, and um, we don't need to be discouraged. She was telling, saying this, depressed or doubt. Um, and for those in the listening audience, for those who are doubters, I hope you're able to hear what's going on here. So, God bless you. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We're inside four minutes for this half of the program. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. I wanted to ask Rhoda. Rhoda. Because you are new to our church, um, when you first came here, just like a lot of people, they come here and they just look around and they think, oh, these people have been here at this church forever. How does it feel as a new person coming in? And were you a, the pastor's wife at your church? Okay, so yes, how does that transition? Um, well, the pastor's wife bit is really tough transitioning um, mm-hmm. just because you, you know everyone and you're used to being able to minister to everyone mm-hmm. and talk to everyone. And so that's kind of tough because suddenly you know no one mm-hmm. and, um, and nobody knows you. Uh, but the, the, I mean, the church is really welcoming and everyone's very friendly and loving. And um, so that's been really good. Um, and with the kids, too, have really got to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where did you come from? From, uh, from Wales, Wales in the U.K. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. visited there once. Yeah. It was rainy and cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it usually is rainy and cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and talking about your family, you can just tell that you guys are very rooted and grounded all together in the world. You have three children. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they are just sucking up all the moisture of of the word the the holy spirit juice they got it they yeah and they love it here and that's that's one reason why we love this church because the the children's ministry teach through the bible mm-hmm. and so they're constantly learning things mm-hmm. and and they love that and we love it too so yes. it's really good you know it's it's amazing even other pastors are, are critical sometimes well, well you don't have a children's program well we actually do but it's the 66 books of the bible mm-hmm. <laughs> and and starting from the very very youngest ages um, in the nursery, they're read the Bible and they're prayed for. When they get into the toddler room, they're actually doing a verse-by-verse Bible study at their level. Uh, and we've seen more fruit as a result of that. And now we're at that place in our church's life where uh, we're able to enjoy the fruit of that. Last night at our Wednesday night Bible study, I was so blessed because I didn't know that it was the plan. But we had five of the young women who sang mm. 
at the women's retreat, um, and all of them from as as we looked at the stage from right to left, uh, they were all uh, alumni of our academy, uh, been here since they were in most cases infants, yeah. and um, and they were from oldest to the youngest lined up on the stage and they led worship in our Bible study last night. You know you don't get to do that unless you raise up people that know the Lord. It's just really really a, a blessing. Sarah, you're a military family. Which gives a little background. How did you get here? We got two minutes left, and we'll. Uh, the military sent us here. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you so, are no. so blessed. We well, you know. So um, for the the aircraft that my husband flies, there's only so many bases that you'll you know be able to go to. And so uh, once we found out San Antonio was an option, man, we were praying hard uh, to get down here. And we've got other family around. Um, but it's funny, my husband actually came to Calvary first. I think I was at home with, you know, visiting grandma and grandpa, but, um, and then we came and then we went to see some other churches and then came back and then went to some other churches. And then one day we just drove home and looked at each other and said, this is our home. Like Calvary's it. We'll pick, we'll pick up with this at the other side of the break. You're listening to the, a special date day edition of the word to stand in for life. 340-9585. You're welcome to ask any of the ladies questions. If you have any Bible questions, we'll do that as well. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program. We've got about 30 minutes left for your questions and phone calls of any of the ladies. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paul, I know you want to mm-hmm. ask a question. Mm-hmm. And this is this is towards Am- for Amber, but um, in I think it was the second study. Um, you know, Jean was talking about humility and how humility makes us uncomfortable. And this is when Jesus was going to wash um, the, the disciples' feet, and, and Peter's like, "Nah, you're not washing my feet." And Jesus says, "Well, if I don't wash your feet, you know, you have no part of me." And then Peter gets all spiritual. Well, watch all, of, watch all of me, um, because not all of you are clean, but Peter was clean. And then he goes on to say, Jesus does, you call me teacher and Lord, so follow my example, do what I do. And the other night, Monday night, um, we had, you know, the retreat reflection, and um, unbeknownst to us, little Amber gets up there, and she just blows all of us away. Um, You know, Jesus says, you know, he's wanting to wash the feet, but when you've been betrayed or rejected, we don't want to wash that person's feet. But the heart of Jesus loves the enemy, you know, and she went on to say, we cannot have any more self-pity, no more guarding our hearts, refuse to hate and pray for those who persecuted you. Um, And so after Amber uh, spoke Monday night, I mean, all of us were like dumbfounded. I'm crying and I'm praying, Lord, I don't have that kind of love. And so, Amber, go ahead. Let, let me interject first okay. so for the audience because they don't know what was going on. We have a, a foot washing ministry at, at here at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. And when we go out and do Joy of Jesus events or, in this case, women's retreats. Mm-hmm. And it is a group of, of, in this case, women who are committed to the, this concept of humility. And, and uh, we just want to be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Amber signed up for the foot washing ministry. Amber, why don't you take it from there? Okay. Um I went to, I think it was a Friday night service, and a lot of people were asking about ministries, you know, um, if I was going to get involved or what I was actually going to do. And May actually brought up the foot washing ministry, and I really just felt like that was for me, even though I really don't like feet. Um, <laughs> feet are not, I don't like feet. I don't even like my own feet. Mm-hmm. So for... To sit there and think, okay, Lord, you you want me to wash other people's feet. I was like, okay. So um, I got introduced to Wanda, and mm-hmm. Wanda told me, you know, we'll we'll get together because I was re- after she told me that, you know, well, while you're washing people's feet, you're gonna pray for people, and I was like, oh, no, 
<laughs> uh, I don't know about that because I'm like, normally people are praying for me. <laughs> so that really, um, it made me want to say no because I was like, I don't, I don't think I can pray for people because I, I mean, I'm not, I don't have it all together. So uh, when we got to the retreat, actually, Wanda came in and she asked everybody, you know, has everybody had their feet washed? And of course, no, because since I turned away every other retreat, I did not have my feet washed. So she said in order to do um, the ministry there, you, I had to have my feet washed. She had to wash my feet. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I didn't get a pedicure. <laughs> I was not prepared for this. So she washed my feet and... It was probably one of the most humbling experiences I think I ever have mm-hmm. been subjected to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an emotional person, so I think God was just showing me a lot that it's okay to be emotional sometimes. Um, I've been a single mom for a long time, so raising a son, it's like I feel sometimes that I need to be stronger than... I feel I am because raising a son, you want to raise them into a strong man Mm -hmm. that can take care of his own family. And I think I got to the point where I um, held in a lot of emotion for a lot of long time. So that way my son would know it's that, you know, I was strong, too. Um, So we got there at the retreat and I was really, really nervous about washing feet and mostly the prayer part, because I was like, I don't know how to pray for people. I really don't. <laughs> um, so we we got down there. I was like, okay, you know, I just asked the Lord, you know, tomorrow she, we're going to be washing feet, Lord. So I just really need to be humbled in this, to really have an open heart so that I can really hear what these ladies need from you. And I can be what, you know, the will that you want me or the words that you want me to give them. And so... Going through, started, you know, they everybody started lining up, and I was like, okay, here we go. Um, and a lot of people said that. A lot of people didn't, the line wasn't as long as last year, so I was like, okay. So I only washed several people's feet, actually, and then took a break because my, my legs were super numb after that. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the floor like that was, um, my legs were like, okay, you need to get up because nobody else is in line. And so... They were like, okay, so people are lining up again. And so I went back down, and actually the one person I did invite was my son's father, his girlfriend. Um, she did come, which was truly, truly ended up to be such an amazing experience and blessing. And she was in line to get her feet washed. And now as she's standing there, I'm like, oh, no, don't do that to me. <laughs> don't. I was like, wait a minute. And so they're just standing there, just standing there, and I was like, and I am... Um, I think Wanda was sitting there and was like, okay, and since now nobody knew who she was, um, they're like, they, they told her to sit in front of me. And so she was like, oh, no, I can't do that. And that's when the Lord was like, Amber, you need to be um, that light for people that aren't, because she's not saved, and you, you need to do this. And so I was like, okay. Like, so I told her, you know, I'll take a seat. <laughs> just sit down <laughs> and she did and I did, and I washed her feet and that was when I really feel like the Lord when he told me that I needed to go and he'll meet me there that is when um I realized he met me there he really did and it made me realize that I'm not the only person that's broken um other people are broken even though you may not see it because I'm not, like I said, I'm not emotional. So a lot of people for the longest time didn't know the struggles I went through because I didn't want them to. Um, and for her to know, have the the courage to sit down because I don't, I mean, I don't know if I would have been allowed to have somebody's, um, somebody's ch- mother of their child wash my feet. I'm not sure I would be able to do that. Um, and so she did give me a lot of um, some of the things that she was going through. Um, in that you really understand that some people, they may look like they have it all together on the outside, and they may really think that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but without Jesus in your life, you really don't have anything to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that that's the calling the Lord wanted for me, and that's why he really needed me to be there, mm-hmm. is because she needed to see that light. And maybe I was the only person that could show it to her. You know, and I think a, a lot of us needed to see that light. When you share that Monday night, I know that it caused a lot of us to think, 
Lord, I don't have that kind of love. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not as broken as you think you are. Mm-hmm. See, if you're with Jesus, that's a, a really good thing. Yeah, we was talking about, Jean was talking about, that's called Calvary love, where it shakes us and takes hold of us, and we love to the uttermost. And for you, uh, that that privilege to serve in that way, you know, just amazing and awesome. Thank you so much. And see, if you're with Jesus, you said it was a Friday night before the retreat when when you started asking and they said, well, how about foot washing got introduced to Wanda? See, it was God directing your steps mm-hmm. for that very appointment. Yeah. You had no chance of missing that girl to wash her feet. Yeah. That was that was a, a divine design. Unreal. Yeah. What else, Paul? Um, let me see. I was going to ask. Oh, yeah, I said Michi already. Um, for you, Sarah. Okay. So, okay, no more baby food. Yeah, and the Lord says it's time for you to grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so your roommates, um, you want to talk about the roommate situation in, in general? Okay, because, yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, there was three other girls. Um, two of them I brought, they don't go to Calvary, uh, but I invited them. And then another girl just, you know, joined our room. Um, and it was funny being there i've never really shared my testimony um and so one night we just i think it was friday night we stayed up till 2 30 in the morning um and we just really got to know each other and it was such an amazing connection when you use your past um you find this connection um and then you take your trials from the past and am able to say, and this is how God redeemed me. And this is why the joy that I have today and the peace I have today and the, the fruitfulness I have today. And not to give your testimony, say, oh, here's how hard my life was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to say, here's what God pulled me out of and here's where he put me. And here's now, you know, being able to kind of flip that coin. And again, this retreat, it was maybe it was Nancy I was talking to that said, you know, you can go this year and start to minister to people, whereas last year you needed to be fed. And I just I felt mm-hmm. so kind of kind of helpless last year you know you're at a different place in your life and i just i needed you know pour into me so this year i just felt god saying you know share your story with these these girls in your room and and really to learn more about their lives um was amazing and now you know our relationship is deeper and we can continue you know conversations um and continue to grow together and pray for each other Mm -hmm. so it really was a neat experience um and again god saying you know don't be ashamed of your testimony Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and Don, um, you know, you do so much, and I, uh, I look like a genius because of you. Oh. Uh, but you do so much. How are you able to then retreat? Because you're always here and there. Um, for me. Um I was able to retreat. Um, the Lord always gives me an amazing group of ladies who just come alongside of me, and they just, um, I don't even know. This year was a little more crazy for me, trying to prepare for the retreat. Uh, it was very busy season for me, um, sending my daughter off to Peru and just taking care of so many things um, that I really was like, Lord, I need you to just take over completely Mm. because I don't have time to prepare for this. And there were ladies, including Sarah, Mm -hmm. um, who just stepped in and I'm going to take care of this for you. I'm going to do this. And people were dropping things off for me. And then it just came together. Um, But the neatest thing for me was um, the, the word the Lord gave me this retreat was his compassion. Um, when I was just, we were in worship one night and it was, um, insane how the spirit was just leading women were broken. There was a lot of crying, but you could just hear them worshiping. And I just felt God's compassion for these women. I just started crying, just praying really. Um, but it's beautiful because I get to see all the, the Lord's hand working. Mm-hmm. And so it was just for me, um, that's what ministered to me. Like he gave me his heart of compassion for them. And I was just praying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain that, except for it was just a beautiful thing, a really beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. And for me, you know, um, I'm there to minister to so many people. And yet, you know, Pastor Ron, before I leave, he always says, Paula, you've got to retreat too. And so, you know, at this at this uh, retreat center, I don't get to have a room by myself. 
but I always make sure Jean has a room by herself. So I have three other roommates, um, but they are wonderful. Uh, one was is Darlene, the other one is Rosalinda. Those two ladies, um, their husbands have been the original elders. And so while we're in the room together, and then the other one was Vanessa, because she just had a, a surgery recently, and so she needed to be where her mom was to help take care of her. Um, but even that was um, delightful. Um, but the three elderly women in the room together and looking, you know, at all that the Lord has done over these many years. Um, you like, like watching the five girls last night. But anyway, just seeing all of these people these ladies, who some have been here for a very long time, came in so broken, and now to see them pouring out upon other people, um, it was just, we were in that room just like, can you believe it? Do you remember this? And look at this, and look at her, and, you know, Victoria sharing her testimony. Oh, my goodness. She was, when she came, she was 18 months old. And so she started kindergarten here, has gone through, and, and those those years where she was hurting so much and rebelling and trying to, you know, get the attention of her mom and her dad was just out of the picture and it was just so hard. Uh, but just the consistency and, and continual loving on her um, to see what God has done because in our minds, mine and Ron's, we did not think it was going to turn out like this at all. Um, we thought that their mom would not be in the picture. Um, it was just God's kisses the whole time. It's like, I know it, but to see her and to hear her talking about it all, it just took us all back and um, to see where she is now and, and that she too wants a, a, a baby. And I'm, I'm sure with Michi, um, she's joined that prayer list of another one who, who wants a child that she's just trusting the Lord. And again, kind of like your, your testimony, Michi, a couple of years ago, the Lord says, I have given you all of these children because you were in, um, in kids ministry, taking care of these kids. Well, Vicki's there now too. And my, my trust and hope is that, um, you both have had those experiences so that when you actually do have your own children, you'd be like, oh, I got this. You don't have to run, <laughs> rush, them, rush them right to the doctor just because they got a little 99 point something temperature. Yeah, just wipe the nose and move on. So, yeah. Michelle, amazing. would you mind spending a couple minutes sharing your struggle with prayer and our prayers for you? Uh, up to now, you've been unable to have a child and you want one so desperately. Absolutely. Um, Myra and I, we had um, breakfast this morning. We were talking, and I told her, I said, for the first time since uh, Nellie and I in June uh, will be married nine years. For the first time in my marriage, I actually, I was at work praying, and I said, I cannot believe that I am praying this. I said, God, I have learned to love, not like, learn to love my infertility because it has pushed me closer to your face. And so I am at a place where although it is something I want desperately, I understand that I don't deserve anything that God has ever given me. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm here, I'm like, Lord, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And send me. I will go. And when you, and if you decide to open up the heavens and bless me, praise Jesus. That would be wonderful. But right now I've just, and, and there's moments where it'll hit me, and I, especially during holidays, it gets hard. Um, but then I'm reminded, God, I don't deserve anything. Mm -hmm. So I, even if, if it's, um, it might frustrate me or confuse me, Lord, I don't, I don't deserve anything other than death and here I am I have this amazing life I am married to my favorite Bible teacher and <laughs> I have after Me you too. Papa oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and even just being able to pour into so many of our our young people I remember one Sunday I was in worship and I looked and I saw the kids with their hands raised praising God and all I could hear was my quiver is full mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so God is just so good and when you really look at it with the right perspective and say God look at everything I have in you then you don't have time to worry about what you haven't received mm -hmm. yeah, you know? and, and you, you listen to the program from time to time and you've heard the, the, the many ladies that we've had called who are in the same situation 
situation? Why isn't God giving me a child? And their focus is so much on what they don't have, uh, on their lack, rather than being with Jesus and letting him fill their cup. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always tell people, and I've told both you and Nellie this over the years, is that until you get to the place where Jesus is enough, you can't want anything else more than him, because until you do, he can't trust you with it. And I think it's been a wonderful thing to watch as you and Ellie have gone that. And, and uh, you know, the Bible says that we serve the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we may comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a, another open door for ministry. You know, sometimes we say, Lord, I just want what you want. Um, we, we really have to reevaluate that. Because we kind of want what he wants, but we want what we want as well. Mm -hmm. And it really is a matter of focus. It really is. Yeah. Myra Joel, we have uh, a lot of people call who are struggling with same-sex attraction uh, and or um, a fear of, of leaving the one person that has loved them and has accepted them. Uh, but for you, it came down to just a simple choice, heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. And I have to make that choice. How would you minister to somebody who um, who would say, well, that's not fair? Um, life isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, no, but um, it's, it's, it's a very real struggle. Um, it's a very hard struggle, especially in the church, because it can be so taboo. Um, but I guess as far as, like encouragement I would say for for somebody that's struggling and when I say struggling I mean like actively trying to fight that um, knowing that it is against the Lord's will um, the sin is not in the struggle the sin is in the deliberate choice to live that lifestyle um, that has been really really big for me um, because even still I've been out of it almost a year and I still struggle um, my prayer is that the Lord would take it away, but I don't know if he will. Um, but I've had to get to a place where I know that I'm not sinning when I'm constantly taking it to the Lord, asking him to help me. Um, I'm sinning when I stop doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you, in fact, the struggle identifies who you are. You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're giving yourself over to sin, whatever that sin might be, you're not struggling with it anymore. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And sometimes even convincing ourselves, well, God's grace will cover this, you know, kind of thing. Um, that identifies you as an unbeliever. Yeah. But it's the struggle. The struggle is a good thing. The struggle is what sort of gives us strength. Uh, and as long as we're struggling, we're in a pretty safe place. It's when we stop struggling yeah. that we're there. You know, one of the things the Bible says about sexual sin, it's not just same-sex sin, it's all sexual sin, is that when a man sins sexually, he sins against his own body. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, there's a demonic component to it. And, and we, we give Satan these footholds. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, um, it, it puts us in a place, really, where we have to get to the place where, look, I'm going to die or I'm going to live, and I, get to, I have to make that choice. Yeah. One of the things that you just said was, especially with same-sex uh, sin, um, it, it's such a taboo in the church. And um, it shouldn't be. Yeah. This this is where people need to come, yeah. where they need to be loved, mm -hmm. and where they need to be welcome. We've got a caller on line one that probably wants to talk to Myra Joe. Ro, you're on line one. Thanks for calling. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Ro. Hey, I just wanted, I did want to talk to Myra when you to do this without crying, but it's happy tears. Um, I just wanted to tell Myra we're so proud of her. Um, for just trusting in Jesus because we, you know, he is the answer to all of our problems. And I, too, also wanted to just put out there to all the parents of prodigal children and just encourage them to be faithful, to keep praying, and to have that hope, that happy expectation of something good because God is good. And um, never give up because God is always working. Thank you, Ro. You know, one of the things, because I know you and Jim so well, Myra Jo has been used mightily in your life uh, because because Myra Jo helped you to learn to trust the Lord, too, wouldn't yes. you say? Putting you on your knees. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yes, isn't, it like having, isn't it like having a baby and you're in the labor pains? It's so worth it when the baby comes out, right? 
Yes. <laughs> that is perfect analogy. It is. Yeah. It, it, that hurts so good, Pink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you, Ro. Appreciate it very, very much. Ladies, we've got just under three oh. minutes left. Anybody want to share anything you haven't had a chance to say yet? Well, I want to do a, a little shout out to Art, who's in the oh, okay. the rehab place. I've been meaning to, I, I forgot to say hi to you last week, Art. I pray that you're doing well. And um, I think your two weeks at that place should be up, and I and I really do hope you're home. We've been praying for you, and God bless you. Okay, so any of you I want to go ahead? Sarah says she has something to say. I just want to say, um, being at Calvary, it is really amazing to watch how this church serves um, with such joy. I think when Jason and I got here, that was the coolest thing, um, how people reached out to us and how you know now we are able to serve, but with such joy and such selflessness. And um, I shared on, on Monday that I've helped Lachelle with the hair and makeup ministry, and, and just to be able to love on ladies, um, there's something about having someone cleanse your face and do your hair and run, you know, run their fingers through your hair and, and just make them what I hope they look beautiful after I'm done with them, but <laughs> maybe you never know how it turns out. But um, but just the, the service and um, how people with such a joyful heart. And again, at the retreat, um, everything that happened because people gave of their time and their talent, um, not because they were paid and not because, you know, they mm-hmm. would get recognition, mm-hmm. um, but just because it gave them joy um, to serve with the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don, we got one minute. And yes, I wanted to add to that too. I think another thing that made this retreat stick out for me as well was there were a few ladies who had to take leadership positions this year. Um, there was a change. Other ladies that had been doing it for years couldn't handle it because of situations that came up. And so the new people who stepped in were so full of joy mm-hmm. that even in the midst of overwhelming circumstances, yeah. there was a lot of love and ladies, a lot of Ladies, thank you for being here. I appreciate you, you taking thank a step you. of faith and joining us. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Word to and on for life, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. May the Lord bless you, and Lord willing, I'll be back at 4 o'clock tomorrow at AM 630 The Word. See you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.